Welcome to Business Leader Breakthroughs, where we help unlock the potential in you, your teams, and your business. I'm your host, Ryan Castle, along with Dr. Mike Ashby. We'll share insights, experiences, and stories on achieving breakthrough success in business and life. To learn more, click the link in the episode show notes or go to thebreakthrough.co. Now let the breakthroughs begin. Mike, welcome along to another epic episode of the Business Leader Breakthroughs podcast. I'm looking forward to this, Ryan. Would it help if I said I'm feeling really stressed at work at the moment? Yeah, that would be a good, that would be a perfect segue. And you know how we love our segues, right? Yeah, that would be the segue. It's not actually the case, but let's let's say yeah. for a moment that I, I why don't actually why don't we mix up this podcast? Why don't we turn this into like a, a coaching session? I've come to talk to you as my manager. Uh-huh. And I'm feeling very, very stressed and overwhelmed in my in my role. Okay. What guidance? What guidance would you give me? There's a slight conflict of interest because, in a significant number of cases, I could be your source of stress. <laughs> this is very true. I could be a stress carrier. Mm. I know one of the things we'll talk about is priorities, yeah. and that is definitely one of the opportunities that I'm regularly presented with. Uh, because you're a man who generates a huge volume of ideas, <laughs> and they are excellent ideas, uh, yeah. it would be fair to say that our ability to execute the ideas at the rate at which you concept them is a little bit behind. So there is a sense of, hmm, how, would we, how should we deal with that? And that's a very real-world question that comes up all the time, right? Because none of us are sitting on our asses, apart from people who sit around and, and uh, dream up ideas. You know, we're all busy, right? I've been asking our members, our clients, our learners for, let's say, a very long time. We can almost count it in decades now rather than years. But for a very long time, mm-hmm. I've, I've had a classic question, which is, have you ever run out of things to do? I'm yet to have a person say yes to that question. Yeah. There is a law that states work expands to fill time available. It was by the British naval architect who um, name escapes me at this very moment. But yes, it was his. Or something? mm, Close. I'm sure it'll come to me during the podcast and I'll slip it in. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. That was in 1950 or something. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. And it's still the case. We've, we've kind of, you know, got this immense productivity out of, uh, I can say this from my, from my, um, old man's kind of mountain thing, but, you know, the productivity leaps we've made with technology are phenomenal and incredibly enabling and and they just make us go places that we've never been. And I think it's fantastic. And yet we're still busy. You know, I think, I think it was John Maynard Keynes who had the idea that the ultimate would be that we would kind of, you know, actually work, having to work would steadily reduce over time as capitalism and technology improved. Yeah, no, nah, that and driverless cars, still waiting. Still waiting. Still waiting. But we've now got uh, microwaves and automatic washing machines and dishwashers and all those kind of things because they were supposed to create time and space. And all we've done is fill up that time and space with uh, additional things and you know, we've done a similar, I think, in a work environment where we've got better and better technology, but now there's a sense of requiring instant response to everything. Yeah. Everything is instant. There's no delay. It wasn't like the good old days of your uh, pigeon post, Mike, where you could send a letter off and you had a few days grace before you got a response. Yeah, yeah totally. As you know, my background is 
is sort of foreign policy and, and history. And, and I did quite a lot of work in my thesis around, you know, how that, that all, it was by letters. And the, the, um, my whole thesis was, was built around access to some personal letters that, that a, a, you know, a top ranking diplomat had the time to dictate. I mean, he could sit there and dictate these kind of six or seven page letters and his, you know, his secretary would type them and he'd get the same things back from people who were ambassadors and, and high commissioners and that. These people were top of their game. This is the 1940s or whatever. Imagine anybody having the time to chat on on a, on a in a letter to their to their network, and he would have written three or four of these letters a day, as well as everything else he was doing. So, yeah, with our uh, incredible productivity has just come more demands and more pressure, and that pressure turns into stress. Did you like what I did there? Got Very off good. My little, yeah, got off my little um, you know digression and back onto the track. Let's let's run with this idea that uh, you are my manager. I've come to you. I'm feeling overloaded. I'm not quite sure how to cope. I am feeling stress. Uh, maybe there's a bit of an anxiety going on. What would be some of the areas you'd talk to me around that? I would probably start from an observation. I just observed that things are pretty tough for you right now. You seem to be, there's a lot going on. I know. Let's talk about how you're going with that. Let's role play. It's your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Okay, good. Oh, thanks, thanks for the uh, for the prompt. You, you know what, Mike? You're right. I'm I'm feeling overwhelmed. I uh, I look at my to do list and it seems to be ever increasing. No matter how much work I put in, it always seems to uh, further increase. It's like I'm paddling faster, but the requirement of what needs to be done doesn't get any shorter. Okay, what do we do about this? Where do where do where do we start? Like, do you is it? You're taking responsibility for all of this stuff, right? Is that are you responsible for everything on it? First off, have you got a, have you really got a list? Yes. Yeah, you would have. So, side uh, note, step out of character for a moment. M- most people, or I, I'll speak personally, if I haven't got a good plan and a good list, then I've got a thousand, and I've got a lot to do. I've got a thousand things running around in my head, and the noise in my head makes anybody stressed. When I sit down and make a list of the things I've got to do, the noise goes down because because a there's not as many things as there that on on paper as there were in my head, and b I can sort of group them up a little bit. But the main thing is I've stopped the noise in my head. So you've got a list, of course you've got a list because you're part of the the breakthrough, and we live by lists. So okay, so let let's take a look at that list. You know, have you just got them from kind of alphabetical order or due date or how are you how are you listing them grouped by project so areas of our business that we're working on and then that uh, as you were suggesting there Mike reviewing that does give me a sense of where some of the priority uh, sits because I can when I'm looking at that list I can clearly see hey some of these things are going to be really important for us to execute in this time frame whether that's a, a week or a month or a quarter uh, and other things are like hey those are things that we've said we'd really like to get done but they're not the things that are really going to move the dial so the first thing is looking through that list and having that assessment of it yeah i always think about the three things that we've got control over with with workload and stress you know we're talking in this context about the work pressures not work and life just the work pressures and most of it comes from overload most of it comes from having too much to do and i think uh one of the things that we should always think about almost on a line by line item is we can change time 
scope or resource. So as you think about your projects, what you've described is, well, some of the things are a lower priority, therefore we're changing the deadline on them. What about uh, the resource piece? That's a a significant one because Mm -hmm. we've got the lovely phrase of, of asking for help. Yes. Can I can I please have some help with this? And I'm mm-hmm. very fortunate to have a team that is is willing to step up and help around those. And I think the flip side of that element is a willingness to let go. So as a as a leader, you go, oh, may, but I could probably do this better than someone else in the team. So maybe I should hang on to it. And yeah. of course, that just increases the load and increases the stress. So uh, it's one thing to ask for help, and then I think the other side of it is that you've got to be willing to let go and uh, let people do do their version of what you would like done. Doesn't mean to say you can't have feedback loops and come back and sure. and check yeah. it. But right. yeah, a willingness to let go is an important aspect of the finding some calm. You know, when we start the active manager program, one of the things that we get people to do is each each piece of work they pick up is to go into active mindset and say, you know, stop, just take take a breath and think, ask the question, is this something that only I can do? And then so, make a decision. Such a good question. Isn't is it? this something I can do so, so powerful? And because uh, I'm actually not that special, uh, there's not many things that only I can do. And are you focused on the things that only you can do? Uh, look, I am fortunate that we live and breathe this uh, these mantras and this way of working uh, a lot. So, of course, I'm probably more aware than than many would be, yeah. uh, but I could certainly, certainly improve. We can always do that. I was really struck when I ran a, uh, when I ran a collab and people's response to that question they were they were sort of reasonably experienced managers pretty i suppose younger but um they'd been managers for a while oh man it kind of blew them away that question it was well what am i you know what what am i if i if i only do what only i can do then what does that make me what have i got to do with my time and you know what about my specialist expertise and it was really quite a um Confronting. Call it confronting an existential question. Existential. Yeah, I've been to university. Uh, yeah, it went right to the heart of their identity as managers and as workers and as uh, their importance to the organisation. So it's a great question. Yeah. You know, we did have an example recently where, and I suppose it's it's actually quite a good example of of how to manage stress. Uh, almost in an organisational way, because organisations get stressed too. You know, uh, a stressed culture is an unhealthy culture. And if I think of the time that you spent only doing what only you could do for three days solid, mm-hmm. uh, what that's done. So this was kind of getting under the hood and taking a deep technical look at our learning management system and becoming probably one of the world's experts on talent mm-hmm. LMS diving deep, deep, deep. You know, that's an example of only do what you can do, focus on what creates greatest value. But to do that, tell me about that process because you've de-stressed the organisation with that. Yes. You know, what you've done there has has significantly de-stressed the organisation, reduced workload for the rest of the team. You know, it's got the start of a really scalable back office, all of those sorts of things. But what did you have to do to get there? I had to... Uh, carve out time. So the stress I'd been feeling was I knew that it was a priority that we needed to spend time on. I knew that it was a it would create leverage if we could get to it. But I'd gone through eight weeks of spending half an hour there, an hour there, 
couple of hours there and not it just wasn't enough deep focus time to really get to the bottom of what we were needing to to achieve mm-hmm. so in that scenario the first thing was uh really that asking for help question and the help question was i, I need three days of no no disruption yeah. and that was a discussion with our our team and going hey this is what i'm doing and this is why i'm doing it and this is the expected outcome but that was the necessity to ask for help and the rest of the team of going hey guys I'm, I'm out of the business. I'm, I'm behind closed doors for three days so that I can spend this this time. And the what I got achieved in those three days, if I continued to take that piecemeal approach, would have taken me several months. And I still wouldn't have got as good an outcome. No, no because every time that you stopped work on it, every time you went back to it, you'd spend 15 minutes trying to recover where you've got to. You know, that highlights another important piece about, about how to manage stress is that knowing within our and this is the self-awareness piece that goes with the active mindset. Where is the stress coming from? So what you've described there is that the stress was coming from a sense of overhang, a sense of overload. Now, sometimes that can come from a sense of how much you've got to do. But the other one is a sense that you're not getting to the things you need to get to. That's very stressful. What you describe in terms of uh, the, the you know getting your three days is happens a lot to us. You know, one of the sources of stress is rumination and you ruminate about an emotional upset. That's what stress is. You can end up ruminating and going, oh man, I didn't get it. You know, again, I only got half an hour. It's still there. I haven't fixed it. The team are kind of working so hard to keep up because I haven't gone to data. Da, 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 all that responsibility stuff because you're a very responsible guy and all of that um, pressure of we can't move the organization to the scale we want and let, oh, you know. So there's a thousand things going on inside your head, all related to not getting to, getting caught up in the day-to-day and not getting to the big stuff. You know, there's been a few occasions recently where we've said, you know, as we think about creating a more agile business, we've gone, okay, let's take massive action to spend a couple of hours really thinking about planning. Uh, and sometimes I, I don't think the literature talks about that quite enough, about just making a decision equivalent to saying, we don't do it because there's so many competing demands. If we were in hospital, we would have three days off. You know, if we had COVID, we'd have seven days off. That becomes the priority. So, it's, it's like we'll decide, we will take control of our time and our attention and our lives, and we're going to give three days to this thing that if I can do this, it's going to unlock so many other things. And, you know, for people who, uh, you know, people listening to this, just think about what is the one big thing that if you can have three days, you would really move the, the needle. And then just go, what's stopping me? And actually, the only thing stopping you is you. If you decided that you're going to take three days, you can call it whatever you like. You can call it traveling to, you know, I'm I'm kind of on, you know, three days travel to get across the other side of the world or whatever. Uh, whatever, whatever equivalent you want to dream up. But you don't do any of those things. You just stay wherever place works for you and do that work until it's done. Massive action. It's a, it's a great thing. 
Very, very powerful. It, it's a great thing. And Parkinson was the naval architect who came up so with the uh, idea cool. that um, work will always expand to take up the time that's uh, allowed to be given. And in the context of what we're talking about here, it's that operational activity will always expand to take up your entire week. And we've always had the discipline here at the breakthrough of having a development day each week. You and I both take a, a day of the week where we don't schedule any meetings. It's working on the business. And that's been a, a very, very good discipline. I think it's helped us uh, advance so many things in our organization. And then this was like the magnification of development day of going, hey, one's not cutting it for this particular project. I need to make yeah. it make it three. And that was very much a focus on the important, not the urgent. Yeah. And you might only have to do it once or twice a year. You know, there just comes a time and it's, you know, the the um, that other piece of, of stress is that these are things that your environment is imposing on you and it's bearing down on you. All those tasks, don't they come from someone else and they play on your sense of responsibility. And when you go massive action, you go, I've got control of my life. I am not at the beck and call of the world and everybody in it. I've got control. I've got autonomy. I own this. This is my space. And that in itself is, is liberating. And part of the de-stressing of going into that three-day hiatus for me was going, I, I've communicated clearly in advance that this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. We had set up communications channels. So things that maybe I would normally deal with, someone else was responsible for those. So I could go into those three days knowing that I didn't, I literally didn't have to worry that I could entirely focus on that task, that project for the three days. I could bury myself in it. I wasn't having to do that. Oh, I should probably check some email and I better call someone and see if we're okay. Maybe the words that come to mind is a safe zone. It was a safe zone for me to go and work, work deep, do deep work. And that in itself just eliminated stress. Actually, it's called flow. It's that zone where the challenge is at the same level as your ability and you you lose track of time because you become completely immersed in it. You know, it's what the great athletes, it's what any great performance looks like. You know, the scale of difficulty matches matches your ability. Not greater than your ability and not less than. That's the zone you found. We don't, with all of the things that are going on and the speed of uh, the speed of events and responsiveness and communications, it's very difficult to find that that place of flow. And yet, it's the complete opposite of stress. When you're in that flow, stress just melts away. You are just engaged. It's tiring, it's demanding, but it's not that kind of burdensome stuff. And it's not comfortable. It's hard work, but yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful state. For sure. So if we were to recap some of the concepts we've talked about, Mike, and if we're in that zone of feeling uh, stressed, overwhelmed, I think some of the things we've talked about so far is ask for help. And I've observed with members of my team, the way they ask for help is in that prioritization zone. They're going, hey, I've I've got all of this on the go. Can you help me prioritize? And literally sometimes in the space of 10 minutes, we can change someone's well-being by going, yep, park that, park that, hold that one, focus on this one. Let's just get that done and we'll come, we'll come back to the rest, rest later. And you can you can see them walk out of the room with shoulders raised and a much better energy just from that prioritization. You're giving them authority around time, scope, and resource. And it might be, no, you know, push that out three months. Let's narrow the scope of that and just do this. Or let's get some help with this. Let's outsource that. You know, they are the kinds of answers that are always available to us if we're prepared to look. And a question that we're asking often in our uh, scrums, 
our huddles is, uh, where are you stuck? That is actually language for, can can you help me, please? And in the number of great ideas that have come out of someone going, oh, I'm a bit stuck over here, and maybe not necessarily people you would naturally go to on the team for that discussion, but they have mm-hmm. a great idea of how to, how to resolve something. Super powerful that can I, asking the other people on the team how they can, can help. Yeah. Definitely. The how do I let go of work? That question you raised of is this something only I can do? Very, very powerful. And I think the secondary element to that that we talk a lot at the breakthrough is what is your contribution here? Not how many things did you tick off? How many, you know, it's not a volume game that we're playing here. It's a contribution game. So what are the things that we can do that can move the needle? And that again comes back to our active versus reactive mindset. If you've got the active yeah. mindset, you're looking, you're seeking out the things that will provide contribution and make a difference. Yeah. And, and you and I have often had the conversation over the years where I've challenged you as as your partner and said, these things you're doing here are good, but the enemy of the great is the good. If you stop doing that, even though it makes money or does whatever, then you would have more time for even greater value. And that's that's one of the reasons to let go of, is to constantly review your work and say, if I stopped doing that or if I got somebody else to do that, I would be then free to create make a greater contribution, a bigger contribution to the organization. And we've all had to, we've all had to do that. We've all had to let go of things that we are, are good at, that we may even enjoy, but actually they stand in the way of doing better work. They do. And Mike, I was at a presentation by Jack Daly, the oh, yeah. US author and presenter, most well known for his kind of sales training. And he put a really nice frame on this that resonated with me. And that was, if you're a CEO that's also responsible for uh, revenue generation, sales, his frame on that was, so you consider both of these roles a part-time job. Because if you're doing both of those, you're a part-time CEO and you're a part-time salesperson or sales sales manager. But it it was a really interesting frame to look at those and go, oh, is that the amount of importance we're putting on those two roles is to say, let's have one person do them part-time. Good challenge. And we also talked about that prioritization factor. You know, there are uh, a million tools you can use, the Eisenhower matrix around importance and urgency. Uh, we've found we run our business in Asana for what needs okay. to be done and having that, you know, that's our version of the list that can help us come back and prioritize where we are. And then we are always looking to go, what's in our horizon one? What's in the near term for our organization? How are we spending time looking at horizon two, where things are going to evolve? and move to next and then a small part maybe 10% of our time thinking about horizon 3 which might be how is our how are our markets evolving what's changing in the landscape how do we need to adapt as we look further out into the future yeah and and we divvy that up too i mean i i probably spend most of my time on horizon 2 and 3 um, yes. quite a bit in the operational you know kind of the content production and that sort of thing but but at least 20% of my time is is out there in Horizon 3. And it means you don't have to. It means I can come back from the future and go, hey, this is what it could look like. This is what's going on. How do we respond to this? And, and that we don't all have to do that stuff. If we work as a team, we can get further faster by divvying that up rather than taking on everything ourselves. I, I think the short answer to you know, how do we manage stress is, is right there. Don't take everything on yourself. Indeed. So fast summary, if you're in the state of our own and feeling stress, first one, ask for help. Be prepared to let go of work. Be prepared to delegate and learn some good delegation skills so you can delegate effectively and learn how to prioritize your work. 
because there will always be more work than there is time to get it done. And so that prioritizing skill is super. And I think that uh, prioritizing skill is about being ruthless, ruthless prioritization. Get tough. Good call. Great episode, Mike. I love those uh, tips in there. Thank you for the coaching on the way through. Thanks, Ryan. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) What do we say? Happy to help. Happy to help, and uh, yeah, you do a you do a great job of, of that, both in a guidance and in a testing, <laughs> with good questions like, "Can only you do that?" and "Is that really our priority right now?" Yeah, it is part of that act, kind of active mindset of of looking at stuff from a slightly detached perspective rather than losing ourselves in it. It's a great capability for an organisation to have for sure. Fantastic, thanks, 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 thanks for insights. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>